Hello and welcome back to Aspen Talks Health. I am Dr. Nicola Ciso and today I am joined by Alicia Serkin. I am so excited that she's here because she is a holistic life coach and the founder and director of the Serkin Creative Living Center. And today we are talking about five steps to transforming your life. This is a good one. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so grateful too. And it's your the day after your birthday. You turned 71 yesterday. Yep. And I'm so excited to share that because you obviously look radiant and beautiful and, and you. you're an example, a perfect example of how you can look so stunning at any age. Please, so Thank you have you. so much to share with us. Uh, tell us, what's one of the single biggest lessons that you've learned in life now that you've turned 71? Hmm, okay, well, um, I'm sure it's more than just one, but um, um, I, think, I think the lesson that really, I think, began to change my life, really a shapeshifter, so to speak, was when I met Dr. Harold Whitcomb here in Aspen 35 years ago. And I went in for my medical appointment and he just said, what's really going on? And I said, oh, what's really going on? And then what he was really asking me was not what's my, my body, but am I happy with my life, my career? Am I happy in my marriage? Am I, you know, how am I really doing Right? Right. And I, no one ever, a doctor never asked me anything like that. And so the bottom line is that he taught me that I am more than my physical body, which as a dental hygienist retired, I just learned everything in the medical model and I, everything was like, you know, okay, everything's tangible. You know, tangible and yeah. Right. Um, and that the idea that my thoughts, my feelings, my attitudes, and aspects of my personality had everything to do with what kind of health I would have, what kind of happiness I would experience and joy in my life, and how I could create uh, a life of my dreams in a way, right? Yeah. Um, so that really changed my whole perception of, of health and wellness. And from that point on, I think it was all about the mind. I was learning that Whatever I did, I had to learn tools to be able to reset my mindset in a way to keep myself tuned up uh, mentally and emotionally right. in order to create the physical life and health that I wanted. Love that. So that was a big one for me. I can imagine. It's, <laughs> it's true. That, that shift in mindset and, and mm -hmm. knowing that it's not just physical. There's a mental component. Exactly. Right. Wow. So share mm -hmm. more about your journey and how you came to developing or creating the Circan Creative Living Center. Well, um, I think it started when I was six years old. When I was um, six, my father had his first heart attack. And in my family... The family really didn't discuss it. You know, he had the heart attack. He had to be in bed for six months afterwards. And there wasn't a whole lot. You know, it was just, Daddy's going to be better and that. And I'm sure maybe that my parents wanted to protect us in some way. But no one talked about emotions. No one talked about how we felt about that situation in our life. There was always this undercurrent, and I felt an undercurrent, of, of emotional... Um, um, anxiety, I guess, mm. um, uh, not feeling fully grounded, I guess, you know, because I didn't really know what was going on beneath the scenes, and I, but I felt something energetically was going on. Huh. And um, um, 
he continued to have heart, several heart attacks until his last one when I was 16. He passed away at 45. Wow, yeah. And all of that period, that age of six, started me on an emotional eating pattern. And so by the third grade, I was the heaviest girl in the classroom. In those days, you used to stand on the scale in the middle of the classroom, and everybody got weighed that day by the nurse, right in the classroom. Oh. So start a, talk about self-image and poor self-image and, and just feeling uncomfortable in my body. So I lived with that, with yo-yo dieting, became a sugar addict, um, used to eat you know, half a gallon of ice cream in a, you know, in a weekend um, out of the freezer, sneak eating, of course. Yeah. And uh, just not having a good sense of self. And by the time I was, uh, my father, I was a pleaser, I loved my dad, and he wanted me to be in a teenage, um, Modeling. Modeling, I don't know, uh, beauty contest, whatever. So for me, this heavy set young lady, uh, every time I was in for three years and I would starve myself, I mean, grapefruit diet, you know, you name it, starvation, different things, to squeeze myself down into a size nine from a size 12 or 14, and, you know, every year. And so there was a lot of emotional pain associated with that within myself. I didn't, you know, I put on this happy face. I was like, you know, smiling through everything, right? So no one, I don't think my family even knew what I was experiencing in my, in my emotions. Because you weren't um, taught to communicate Because I Right, I wasn't taught to communicate of, of things of importance, of mm. things of how I, what was, like Dr. Whitkin said, what's really going on? Right. Okay, what are you really feeling inside, right? Huh. And I never got an opportunity to check in with myself because I didn't know that was possible, right? Um, so by the time I was out of college for dental hygiene uh, education and a hygienist, a young hygienist, um, my, you know, candy bars in the glove compartment in my car, I mean, just, I mean, it was just horrible. And uh, I got to a point where my, my size still blew up and I was a size 16 and, you know, I'm a four, right? So She's can dying. you imagine, you know, how I looked at a 16, five Oof. foot three? I mean, wow. you can imagine. Um, so what happened for me is I had an emotional breakdown because one weekend I started having symptoms of what I believe was a chronic illness. And at the same time, I couldn't zip up my size 16 pants. And I just broke down and cried and just heaved, heaving and crying in my, in my bedroom. And I don't even think my mother, who I was living with at the time, um, knew about it because I was just so embarrassed, you know. Mm. So, um, um, so what I did is, I heard, it was almost like I heard my own voice talking mm. to me at that time when I was just crying so hard. And it was like, I was saying, like I heard myself saying, Alicia, stop it. Would you stop it? You're going to die young like your dad if you don't do something right now. Because I was unhealthy. Wow. And I was on this roller coaster of eating poor foods, you know, poor quality foods and, that lead to chronic illness. Right. And I didn't exercise. I had no exercise in my life. And so I had really no good, healthy lifestyle uh, habits that mm. were built in. So how did you build them? And so, <laughs> so um, in that moment, I, I just shifted. Having a strong intention, I just said, okay, I'm going to just do whatever it takes. I'm going to do I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to be happy. I don't want to die young like my dad. I saw him suffer. Right. And I don't want that to happen. And so that was the pivotal moment in my life. Nice. So, um, so I, I lost weight. It took me two years. I got down to a size six. And, um, you know, I'm 71. And that was when I was 20. So wow. that's 50 years ago. 
Wow. 50 years ago. Amazing. I know. It, when I hear the number, I think, what? <laughs> How could that be? It just went like this so quickly. Right. I bet. Um, so, yeah, I started exercising. I started going to a gym. And, um, and then I met my husband by the age of 24. And then we started exercising together. And he was in, did exercise. So, so I just changed my life. Nice. But it was because I set the strong intention at that moment in time, I set a, um, I reset my mindset, as I like to say in my Love coaching it. program. Um, we can do it. We can change our life yeah. by changing the way we think. Now, Mahatma Gandhi said, man is but the product of his thoughts. What he thinks, he becomes. Mm. And so that's very, very true. What we think, we become. If our mind is in the right place, so goes our life. Right. And that's a key component of creating a life that we want and the life of our dreams. What were the thoughts that you had when you still, I'm sure even when you shifted your mindset, you still had a craving for some of those old patterns and old choices. Were there thoughts in your mind that specifically helped you stay committed? You know, I think that's a good question. I think I was so afraid, okay? I think there was, like fear is an interesting quality of thought because fear, we can use it in a positive way or it can be a negative influence in our lives. So it was the fear of dying young like my dad. It was the fear of gaining weight again. It was the fear of becoming unhealthy again and getting a chronic illness, I believe, that really spurred me on to stay true to my new dietary regime. Uh, when I was 30, I shifted to a whole, plates, whole foods, primarily whole foods plant-based, but more of a um, preventive uh, orientation as far as my eating. Right. Um, and that worked for me because dairy and sugar were my enemies. Yeah. And they were creating cystic breast condition. They were creating all kinds of things, but I mean extremely so. So when I was 25, a doctor told me, young lady, you should really uh, have, your, have a double mastectomy because we cannot evaluate your breasts for cancer. Wow. This was a well-known uh, surgeon in, in the Miami community. And um, I did not follow that track. Good. But it, I was scared. I was frightened. I was crying. I mean, how could mm -hmm. someone at 25 be told that? And you know, and, and it was like living with time bombs. I always thought, well, gosh, he's telling me that and maybe, you know, I'm going to get cancer and I won't know it, you know, because the cystic breast was so severe. So I was sure that there was, I was taught and I read a lot that I was sure that there were some things dietarily that I was eating prior to that, that were creating an unhealthy situation in my breasts. Right. So by moving into that, those foods for myself, maybe not for everyone, but for myself, work like a charm. Good. Because even though I was told I had a problem and I needed a biopsy at one point, um, I chose to change my diet at that point. And uh, when I went to the, after two months on this program, a uh, healing program with the plant-based whole foods diet, um, the radiologist could not find anything. Love it was it. gone. And to this day, I have never had a biopsy. To this day, I have never been told I have anything suspicious going on in my breasts. Lovely. So Power of the food. So the power of the energy of the yeah. food yeah. and the nutrition of the food. Wonderful. Yeah. Let's move on to the five steps of transforming mm -hmm. your life. Could you walk us through, yeah. please? 
Yes. So um, the first step is the discovery. And this is so important because what is required is self-assessment. We have to be self-aware and, and develop actually a practice, a daily practice of checking in with ourselves. Like Dr. Whitcomb said, you know, check in with yourself. What are you really feeling? What's really going on, right? right. So um, it's almost like we could say, what am I being challenged by today? Mm. What is my greatest challenge today? Or what do I feel... Um, sad about today or what do I feel uncomfortable with today and uh, checking in and identifying what it is that's the issue because if we can if the conscious mind is um, can become aware of what the issue is then the conscious mind begins the healing we can start the healing process right and the self-recovery and the um, uh, reversal, so to speak. Right. First step uh, is awareness. First step is awareness always, right? So right. that's step one. Okay. Um, step two is the vision and the goal. Where do we want to be? What do we want to see for ourselves that day or that week or that month or that year? And so setting a timeline and saying, well, what can I accomplish in the next two weeks or in this week? What can I do that will help move me forward and move me out of this issue that I have? Mm -hmm. Whether it's an emotional issue, whether it's a behavioral issue, whether it's a situational issue. Right. Okay? Sometimes we have an environment, a situation, whether it's at work, whether it's a family issue, right, that's there. We can't change it. But we can change how we react to it. Right. We can change if we see and recognize, the conscious mind rec recognizes that we're becoming triggered, that our triggers are coming up right, from the past, of course, um, then we have an opportunity to observe it, make a shift, because what are thoughts, feelings, and attitudes? Simply energy. Mm. We can shift the energy of that with our mind. Right, right. So there goes the mindset idea again. We bring that in using changing with our mind these, I mean, I'm talking things like negative self-talk. How yes. many times do we bash ourselves? I mean, I'm guilty oh, yeah. of, you know, all those years, right? Absolutely. Even now, sometimes there are things that come up that I start saying, why did I do that? I mean, that was dumb or that was silly. Why did I? I knew better than that. You know, right. things come up. Right. We're human. And what I like to say is we are imperfect beings living in an imperfect world. And I mean, there's really, that's really true. And it's all perfect. And it's all perfect. Right. It's all perfect. <laughs> and you know what? That takes off so much of the stress. Yeah. You know, we can just let it go and relax. Okay, so I don't, you know, so I tried my best, and I'm not perfect. Yeah. It's okay. It's just being kinder it's to yourself. It's part of my, kinder to yourself. It's part of our lesson for growth. Yeah. I mean, how do we grow? You know, um, Ford, when he developed the, the uh, automobile and, and the Wright brothers, that you know, how many times did they fail before they found, you know, how to create the world-changing yeah. inventions that they created, right? Right. Um, we can't give up. Yeah. We have to plug in. And every time we find a roadblock, we have to know that that's just the universe or whatever uh, telling us that we just have to make a slight adjustment yeah. to the path. Course correction. Okay, course correction. Exactly. Yeah. And that it's not a failure. It's a learning. It's an opportunity to learn. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we apply those, those theories to business, but to ourselves as mm -hmm. well, saying it's okay, a little mistake or a little, That's right. little detour, a little, That's little right. lesson I need to learn. That's we'll, right. And we get right back on path right. instead of the bashing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Very important. And the bashing comes from ego, of course. Yeah. So we have to teach our tame ego. Tame the beast. <laughs> right, tame the beast. I love that. <laughs>
Good. So step number three was action steps. So yeah. That's... So so every time we have a roadblock or a stumbling block, mm -hmm. the deal is is that so many times it will look overwhelming and undoable to reach that goal of that vision that we've set for ourselves for whatever time period that is. And so by setting action steps that are doable in, you know, in a steps, an eensy weensy little steps, mm -hmm. right? Always achieving those little steps and feeling like we're constantly moving forward, that we're not stuck. So many of us, including me over the years, went through periods where I felt stuck or our audience feels stuck. And, um, and that's, yeah. When we're stuck, it might come from indecision. It might become because we're fear, afraid of something. Right. We might not move forward because of fear. I mean, there's so many reasons why the mind will prevent us from moving forward and uh, reaching our goals. So we have to look for that. And we want to um, um, utilize the power of the mind to overcome those stumbling blocks by setting those small little step sizes. And when we find a roadblock on a step size, even a mini one, mm -hmm. it's, we have to say, okay, let's make an adjustment and let's adjust the step for this time. Because sometimes the universe or whatever, or life right. will, will say, no, you can't do that. Even though you said that's the step you want to achieve that week. Um, you know, whether it's more time for self-care and nurturing because you're nurturing everybody else and your job is like crazy and you're working nights and you're da, 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 da. And, and, um, it's just too much and when's the time for me and I'm feeling sad and lonely because I don't have enough me time and you know I had a recent client that just came in with that kind of an issue where you know loves the job but where's the time for self mm -hmm. and there was uh, a lot of anxiety that came up for her because she didn't have the time to nurture herself of course and, and resentment comes up as and well. then that comes up as well right yeah. right and Sorry. so, <laughs> thank you, yeah. Um, and so, so when we look at that, um, the cause of the anxiety was actually the overwhelm and the overwork. So we have to go, part of the coaching process is to get to the underneath, get to the, the bottom of it. Right. What's really causing the problem and the stumbling block or the feelings of anxiety in her case, right? Yeah. So a lot of times fear isn't just, doesn't just pop up for no reason, sometimes it does, but sometimes there's a lot to, uh, to look at and, and just dig deep, and that's what we do. That's what we have to do for ourselves. Yeah, you have to see the difference between intuition and fear. Mm -hmm. Is it, are you being guided, or are you actually being halted, almost? Halted, by right. Your, by your own fears. By your own fears, right. And what is fear? Fear is a story. Okay, so <laughs> when we Fear comes up when we imagine something that hasn't happened yet. Right. It's when we create a story or a fantasy about something, and then we wrap fear around it, naturally. Right. Because we sense. create this scenario. I mean, there could be six different outcomes that we haven't even considered that we wouldn't have fear around, right? But no, we have to come and develop <laughs> this little story that's going to create worry, anxiety, fear, panic, right? Mm. And we do it to ourselves. Mm. So being self-aware, again, that first step of identifying every day, several times a day even. I have some of my clients, I say, put it on your phone, put a reminder on your phone every two hours. And just, it's a moment in time where you check in. Yeah. It's just a moment, that's all it takes. Right. You know? Yeah. And then you can shift it or begin to shift it or it's, reframe it. Right. In a way. It's catching right? the thoughts before they go down the rabbit hole. That's it. Exactly. You got it. Yeah. Yep. 
good. Step number four is enabling change. Tell us. Yes. How do we do that? Well, the things that I like to teach that enable the change that we're looking for are mind-based modalities, therapies, techniques that, again, because I'm heavily focused on mindset, right, and creating the right mindset so that we can move forward in life. Um, and so um, I teach enablers like um, um, this tapping technique, which is a part of the umbrella term energy psychology, which someone coined from uh, when Dr. Roger Callahan in the 80s, 1980s, uh, by chance came across this technique. He was a psychologist, and he came across this technique that helped one of his patients that had uh, severe water, uh, fear of the water. And uh, something she had done just by quite accident, and he was a part of that and observing. And uh, anyway, I won't get into the story now, but. Um, uh, it has to do with tapping acupuncture points mm. on the skin and uh, in between on s specific ones and I'll tell you in a little more in a minute but this tapping technique what it does is it helps shift the brain and allows for the release of negative thoughts feelings and attitudes mm. and sometimes within several just minutes we can shift out of and clear the energy of the thought or whatever, whether it's fear, whether it's guilt, whether it's shame and blame, whether it's impatience and anger arising from, you know, something not happening quick enough, uh, whatever that would be, um, when we're in a st or just upset or we just got some bad news and we're just so sad and we're crying and we just need to have an appointment we're running to and we have to get like, you know, clear of that in the moment to do the next step in our life, um, whatever that is, we can use this technique within minutes to clear an everyday uh, type of emotion that we're dealing with. So um, so that's one. And the Bach flower remedies is another yes, one. I don't good. know if people out there have heard of rescue remedy. Everybody's yeah. sort of, many people have at least heard of it. Some people not, but many people have heard of it. It's the crisis formula, and it's a great stress relief formula in uh, the flower essence world. And this is not aromatherapy, it is not classical homeopathy, and it is not herbs. It is a whole new system that was developed, well, new, but it's a whole different system, shall I say, that was developed in the 1930s by Dr. Edward Bach, who was a physician and scientist. And he, was, he brought this system forth to the world, and it really uh, turns, uh, it restores, let's say this way, it restores the positive virtues of thoughts, feelings, and attitudes. Hmm. So I, I teach that. I teach tapping. I teach meditation. All kinds of things that will enable the change that we're looking for. Love it. Yeah. We'll do a demo, hopefully, if we have time at the end. Okay. I want to get to step number five. Yeah. Please. So step number five is all about celebrating and cementing in the newer behaviors. So we set a strong intention in the beginning. We have the action steps. So we're following the intention with positive steps in a physical, in our physical world. So those two things alone will allow the brain's neuroplasticity, which is, which means its plastic ability to form new pathways and cement in the new behaviors in the brain actually. Right. So we can call in the beauty of our own brain's ability to help um, lock in or cement in the new behaviors that we're creating by the action steps, by repeating the positive action steps as we continue to move forward in life. So to be able to transform our life from having an issue, then um, having the goal, setting the strong intention, holding ourselves accountable, right. okay, 
and um, um, using enablers when needed, if needed, right. right, to help enable the change, and then uh, having so. the brain on, tar on, on target with us to help support that, then we have to succeed. And to celebrate every step along the way, I mean, celebration, self-celebration is so important. I mean, it helps with self-love, it helps with self-acceptance, it helps us. If we aren't well within, then how can we help others in our world around us? Yep. You know, Dr. Bach, who developed this system of the flower remedies I was talking with, he and other great leaders and spiritual leaders in the world have said things like, um, a life of service is one of the highest um, callings in life that one can achieve, is to help others. Not only that, but you know how everybody wants to be in the moment and have this, you know, thing in the moment? Um, if you're in the moment, you are... Um, able to uh, call in the best of who you are yeah. and use your intuition. Definitely want to save time for the tapping demo. Okay. A uh, quick comment myself is that I've personally made a goal of three times checking in, morning, midday, and evening, and celebrating the wins. What did I do great, That's great. in the last couple few hours? That's so awesome. It is so important, yeah. especially yeah. To, to shift that self-bashing yes. to a self-celebration. Yes. And automatically, I, I show up with a giant smile. I mean, normally I'm, I'm pretty happy, but yeah. <laughs> even more so internally, there's, yes. there's smiling. Yeah, it makes a big difference. So you're doing it. See, yeah. there's a great testimonial right there. My coach really just brought this to me last yeah. week, Jeff yeah. Patterson. He's an yeah. amazing yeah. life coach in, in the Valley as well. But awesome, awesome. So please, if you could give us a quick one-minute demo. Is, it an is that possible? Okay, um, so yeah, so the quantum emotional clearing, which is what I'm a student of, and I've been using myself for so many years, um, is uh, it's it's tapping three points on the face. It's uh, it, the two inner eyebrow points and the center point in between the eyebrows with the three fingers of either hand. Doesn't matter. Okay. I'll use this hand, and it's creating a statement that includes the issue. Okay. It includes the issue. A statement of love and acceptance for yourself and then ending on a on a high note or an upbeat note okay so you're gonna hear that in this dialogue so let's say I'm feeling angry and upset so I'm gonna do it very quickly because of our time okay yes. I'm gonna give you a little mini Good. mini taste of it okay Perfect. but it's it's expanded it's more than that but here we go um, even though I have done nothing wrong I'm free to let it all go and I let it all go now even though I feel angry and upset I'm free to let it all go, and I let it all go now. I completely release and eliminate all anger, all bitterness and resentment, and I let it all go now, and I allow myself to return to peace, and I allow myself to heal completely. I completely love and accept myself, and I know that all is well. So be it, let it be done, and it is so. Thank you. Mm. And that's it. Beautiful. And we would do that. We would first rate the level of the issue, in this case, the anger and intensity, and um, anger and um, upset. Yeah. We would rate it on a scale of 0 to 10 before we even start because we want to know where we were at. And then we do the technique, and we do it three times usually. Um, and then, I mean, this is the quick yeah. way. Uh, and then we would re-rate the issue to see how the numbers drop. Okay. Interesting. Now, if we still feel emotionally charged, there could be an associated aspect of right. that issue, which is the anger. And then, so then we would use that in the frame. Um, so instead of saying, 
even though I feel angry and upset, it would be, even though I feel some sadness. Right. Okay. okay. Got it. Uh, then, and that would be an associated issue, for example, and then we would tap for that. Beautiful. So that's an example. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh. I'm so grateful. You Thank have you so, so much. much wisdom to share, and I'm really, really pleased and honored that you're here with me today. Well, Thank I'm so you. grateful to you. Thank you so much. For more information, please turn to AspenTalksHelp.com. You'll learn more about Alicia and her program. Thank you.